Chapters 1 through 6, Book 7, Volume 1 of La Morte d'Artur by Sir Thomas Mallory. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. L I B R I V O X dot O R G. Read by Marco. Chapter 1. When Arthur held his round table most plenor, it fortuned that he commanded that the high feast of Pentecost should be holden at a city and a castle, the which in those days was called Kink Canadon, upon the sands that marched nigh Wales. So ever the king had a custom that at the feast of Pentecost in especial, afore other feasts in the year, he would not go that day to meet until he had heard or seen of a great marvel. And for that custom all manner of strange adventures came before Arthur, as at that feast before all other feasts. And so Sir Gawaine, a little to forenoon of the day of Pentecost, espied at a window three men upon horseback, and a dwarf on foot. And so the three men alighted, and the dwarf kept their horses, and one of the three men was higher than the other twain, by a foot and a half. Then Sir Gawaine went unto the king, and said, Sir, go ye to your meat, for here at the hand come strange adventures. So Arthur went unto his meat with many other kings, and there were all the knights of the round table, save only those that were prisoners, or slain at a recounter. Then at the high feast evermore they should be fulfilled the whole number of a hundred and fifty, for then was the round table fully accomplished. Right so there came into the hall two men, well beseen and richly, and upon their shoulders there leaned the goodliest young man and the fairest that ever they all saw. And he was large and long, and broad in the shoulders, and well visaged, and the fairest and the largest handed that ever man saw. But he fared as though he might not go nor bear himself, but if he leaned upon their shoulders. Anon, as Arthur saw him, there was made peace and room, and right so they yede with him unto the high dais, without saying of any words. Then this much young man pulled him aback, and easily stretched up straight, saying, King Arthur, God bless you and all your fair fellowship, and in especial the fellowship of the table round. And for this cause I am come hither, to pray you and require you to give me three gifts, and they shall not be unreasonably asked, but that ye may worshipfully and honorably grant them me, and to you no great hurt nor loss. And the first dawn and gift I will ask now, and the other two gifts I will ask this day twelvemonth, wheresoever ye hold your high feast. Now ask, said Arthur, and ye shall have your asking. Now, sir, this is my petition for this feast, that ye will give me meat and drink sufficiently for this twelvemonth, and at that day I will ask mine other two gifts. My fair son, said Arthur, ask better, I counsel thee, for this is but a simple asking. For my heart giveth me to thee greatly, that thou art come of men of worship, and greatly my conceit faileth me, but thou shalt prove a man of right great worship. Sir, he said, thereof be as it be may, I have asked that I will ask. Well, said the king, ye shall have meat and drink enough, I never defended that none, neither my friend nor my foe. But what is thy name, I would wit? I cannot tell you, said he. That is marvel, said the king, that thou knowest not thy name, and thou art the goodliest young man that ever I saw. Then the king betook him to Sir Kay the steward, and charged him that he should give him all manner of meats and drinks of the best, and also that he had all manner of finding as though he were a lord's son. That's a little need, said Sir Kay, to do such cost upon him, for I dare undertake he is a villain born, and never will make man, for on he had come of gentlemen he would have asked of you horse and armor, but such as he is, so he asketh. And sithen he has no name, I shall give him a name that shall be Beaumain, that is, fair hands, and into the kitchen I shall bring him, and there he shall have fat broths every day, that he shall be as fat by the twelve-month end as a pork hog. Right so the two men departed, and beleft him to Sir Kay, that scorned him and mocked him. Chapter 2 Thereat was Sir Gawain wroth, and in especial Sir Lancelot bade Sir Kay leave his mocking. 
for I dare lay my head, he shall prove a man of great worship. Let be, said Sir Kay, it may not be by no reason, for as he is, so he hath asked. Beware, said Sir Launcelot, so ye gave the good knight Brunor, Sir Dinadin's brother, a name, and ye called him La Cote Maltaile, and that turned you to anger afterward. As for that, said Sir Kay, this shall never prove none such, for Sir Brunor desired ever worship, and this desired bread and drink and broth. Upon pain of my life he was fostered up in some abbey, and howsoever it was, they failed meat and drink, and so hither he has come for his sustenance. And so Sir Kay bade him get a place, and sit down to meat. So Beaumaine went to the hall door, and set him down among boys and lads, and there he ate, sadly. And then Sir Launcelot, after meat, bade him come to his chamber, and there he should have meat and drink enough. And so did Sir Gawain, but he refused them all. He would do none other but as Sir Kay commanded him, for no proffer. But as touching Sir Gawain, he had reason to proffer him lodging, meat, and drink. To that proffer came of his blood, for he was nearer kin to him than he wist. But that, as Sir Launcelot did, was of his great gentleness and courtesy. So thus he was put into the kitchen, and lay nightly as the boys of the kitchen did. And so he endured all that twelvemonth, and never displeased man nor child, but always he was meek and mild. But ever when that he saw any jousting of knights, that would he see on he might. And ever Sir Launcelot would give him gold to spend, and clothes, and so did Sir Gawain. And where there were any masteries done, thereat would he be, and there might none cast bar nor stone to him by two yards. Then would Sir Kay say, How liketh you, my boy of the kitchen? So it passed on to the feast of Whitsuntide. And at that time the king held it at Carleon, in the most royalist wise that might be, like as he did yearly. But the king would eat no meat upon the Whitsunday, until he heard some adventures. Then there came a squire to the king, and said, Sir, ye may go to your meat, for here cometh a damsel with some strange adventures. Then was the king glad, and sat him down. Right so there came a damsel into the hall, and saluted the king, and prayed him of succor. For whom, said the king, what is the adventure? Sir, she said, I have a lady of great worship and renown, and she is besieged with a tyrant, so that she may not out of her castle. And because here are called the noblest knights of the world, I come to you to pray you of succor. What hight her lady, and where dwelleth she, and who is she, and what is his name that hath besieged her? Sir King, she said, as for my lady's name, that shall ye not know for me as at this time. But I let you wit, she is a lady of great worship and of great lands, and as for the tyrant that besiegeth her and destroyeth her lands, he is called the Red Knight of the Red Lands. I know him not, said the king. Sir, said Sir Gawain, I know him well, for he is one of the perilous knights of the world. Men say that he hath seven men's strength, and from him I escaped once full hard with my life. Fair damsel, said the king, there be knights here who would do their power for to rescue your lady, but because you will not tell her name nor where she dwelleth, therefore none of my knights that here be now shall go with you, by my will. Then must I speak further, said the damsel. Chapter 3 With these words came before the king Beaumain, while the damsel was there, and thus he said, Sir king, God thank you, I have been this twelvemonth in your kitchen, and have had my full sustenance, and now I will ask my two gifts that be behind. Ask upon my peril, said the king. Sir, this shall be my two gifts. First, that ye will grant me to have this adventure of the damsel, for it belongeth unto me. Thou shalt have it, said the king, I grant it thee. Then, sir, this is the other gift, that ye shall bid Launcelot du Lake to make me knight, for of him I will be made knight, and else of none. And when I am past, I pray you let him ride after me, and make me knight, when I require him. All this shall be done, said the king. Fie on thee, said the damsel, shall I have none but one that is your kitchen page? Then was she wroth, and took her horse, and departed. 
And with that there came one to Beaumain, and told him that his horse and armour was come for him, and there was the dwarf come with all things that him needed, in the richest manner. Thereat all the court had much marvel from whence came all that gear. So when he was armed, there was none but few so goodly a man as he was. And right so, as he came into the hall, and took his leave of King Arthur, and Sir Gawain, and Sir Launcelot, and prayed that he would hie after him, and so departed and rode after the damsel. Chapter 4 But there went many after to behold how well he was horsed, and trapped, and cloth of gold, but he had neither shield nor spear. Then Sir Kay said all open in the hall, I will ride after my boy in the kitchen, to wit whether he will know me for his better. Said Sir Launcelot and Sir Gawain, Yet abide at home. So Sir Kay made him ready, and took his horse and his spear, and rode after him. And right as Beaumain overtook the damsel, right so Sir Kay came and said, Beaumain, what, sir, know ye not me? Then he turned his horse, and knew it was Sir Kay, that had done him all the despite, as ye have heard afore. Yea, said Beaumain, I know ye for an ungentle knight of the court, and therefore beware of me. Therewith Sir Kay put his spear into the rest, and ran straight upon him, and Beaumain came as fast upon him with his sword in his hand, and so he put away his spear with his sword, and with a foin thrust him through the side, that Sir Kay fell down as he had been dead, and he alighted down, and took Sir Kay's shield and his spear, and stirred upon his own horse, and rode his way. All that saw Sir Launcelot, and so did the damsel, and then he bade his dwarf stirred upon Sir Kay's horse, and so he did. By that Sir Launcelot was come, then he proffered Sir Launcelot to joust, and either made them ready, and they came together so fiercely that either bare other down to earth, and sore were they bruised. Then Sir Launcelot arose and helped him from his horse. Then Beaumain threw his shield from him, and proffered to fight with Sir Launcelot on foot, and so they rushed together like boars, tracing, raising, and foining to the mountenance of an hour. And Sir Launcelot felt him so big that he marvelled of his strength, for he fought more liker a giant than a knight, and that his fighting was durable and passing perilous. For Sir Launcelot had so much ado with him, that he dreaded himself to be shamed, and said, Beaumain, fight not so sore, your quarrel and mine is not so great, but we may leave off. Truly that is truth, said Beaumain, but it doth me good to feel your might, and yet, my lord, I showed not the utterance. Chapter 5 In God's name, said Sir Launcelot, for I promise you by the faith of my body, I had as much to do as I might to save myself from you unshamed, and therefore have ye none doubt of none earthly knight. Hope ye so that I may any while stand a proved knight, said Beaumain? Yea, said Launcelot, do as ye have done, and I shall be your warrant. Then I pray you, said Beaumain, give me the order of knighthood. Then must ye tell me your name, said Launcelot, and of what kin ye be born. Sirs, so that ye will not discover me, I shall, said Beaumain. Nay, said Sir Launcelot, and that I promise you by the faith of my body, until it be openly known. Then, sir, he said, my name is Gareth, and brother unto Sir Gawain, of father and mother. Ah, sir, said Sir Launcelot, I am more gladder of you than I was, for ever me thought ye should be of great blood, and that ye came not to the court neither for meat nor for drink. Then Sir Launcelot gave him the order of knighthood, and then Sir Gareth prayed him for to depart and let him go. So Sir Launcelot departed from him, and came to Sir Kay, and made him to be borne home upon his shield, so he was healed hard with a life. And all men scorned Sir Kay, and in especial Sir Gawain and Sir Launcelot said it was not his part to rebuke no young man, for full little he knew of what birth he is come, and for what cause he came to this court. And so we leave Sir Kay, and turn we unto Beaumain. When he had overtaken the damsel, anon she said, What dost thou here? Thou stinkest all of the kitchen. Thy clothes be body of the grease and tallow that thou gainest in King Arthur's kitchen. Weenest thou, said she, that I allow thee for yonder knight that thou killest? Nay, truly, for thou slewest him unhappily and cowardly. Therefore turn again, body kitchen page. 
I know thee well, for Sir Kay named thee Beaumaine. What art thou but a lusk, and a turner of brooches, and a ladle-washer? Damsel, said Beaumaine, say to me what ye will, I will not go from you whatsomever ye say, for I have undertaken to King Arthur for to achieve your adventure, and so shall I finish it to the end, either I shall die therefore. Fie on thee, kitchen knave, wilt thou finish mine adventure? Thou shalt anon be met with all, that thou wouldest not for all the broth that ever thou suppest once look him in the face. I shall assay, said Beaumaine. So thus, as they rode in the wood, there came a man flying all that ever he might. Whither wilt thou? said Beaumaine. O Lord, he said, help me, for here in a slade are six thieves that have taken my lord and bound him, so I am afeard lest they will slay him. Bring me thither, said Beaumaine. And so they rode together until they came, thereas was the knight bounden, and then he rode unto them, and struck one unto the death, and then another, and at the third stroke he slew the third thief, and then the other three fled, and he rode after them, and he overtook them, and then those three thieves turned again and assailed Beaumain hard, but at the last he slew them, and returned and unbound the knight. And the knight thanked him, and prayed him to ride with him to his castle there a little beside, and he should worshipfully reward him for his good deeds. Sir, said Beaumain, I will no reward have. I was this day made knight of noble Sir Lancelot, and therefore I will no reward have, but God reward me, and also I must follow this damsel. And when he came nigh her, she bade him ride from her. For thou smellest all of the kitchen. Weenest thou that I have joy of thee? For all this deed that thou hast done is but misshaped thee. For thou shalt see a sight shall make thee turn again, and that lightly. Then the same knight which was rescued of thieves rode after that damsel, and prayed her to lodge with him all that night. And because it was near night, the damsel rode with him to his castle. And there they had great cheer, and at supper the knight sat Sir Beaumain afore the damsel. Fie, fie, said she, Sir Knight, ye are uncourteous to set a kitchen page afore me. Him beseemeth better to stick a swine than to sit afore a damsel of high parage. Then the knight was ashamed at her words, and took him up, and set him at a sideboard, and set himself afore him. And so all that night they had good cheer and merry rest. Chapter 6 And on the morn the damsel and he took their leave, and thanked the knight, and so departed, and rode on their way, until they came to a great forest. And there was a great river, and but one passage, and there were ready two knights on the farther side to let them the passage. What sayest thou, said the damsel, wilt thou match yonder knights, or turn again? Nay, said Sir Beaumaine, I will not turn again, on there were six more. And therewithal he rushed into the water, and in the midst of the water either brake their spears upon other to their hands, and then they drew their swords and smote eagerly at each other. And at the last Sir Beaumaine smote the other upon the helm, that his head stonied, and therewithal he fell down in the water, and there was he drowned. And then he spurred his horse upon the land, where the other knight fell upon him, and brake his spear, and so they drew their swords and fought long together. At the last Sir Beaumaine clave his helm and his head down to the shoulders, and so he rode unto the damsel, and bade her ride forth on her way. Alas, she said, that ever a kitchen page should have that fortune to destroy two doughty knights. Thou weenest thou hast done doughtily? That is not so, for the first night his horse stumbled, and there he was drowned in the water, and never it was by thy force nor by thy might, and the last night by mishap thou camest behind him, and mishappily thou slew him. Damsel, said Beaumaine, ye may say what ye will, but with whomsoever I have do withal, I trust to God to serve him or he depart, and therefore I reck not what ye say, so that I may win your lady. Fie, fie, foul kitchen knave, thou shalt see knights that shall abate thy boast. Fair damsel, give me goodly language, and then my care is past, for what knights somever they be, I care not, nor I doubt them not. Also, said she, I say it for thine avail, yet mayest thou turn again with thy worship, for on thou follow me, thou art but slain. 
for I see all that ever thou dost is by misadventure, and not by prowess of thy hands. Well, damsel, ye may say what ye will, but wheresoever ye go, I will follow you. And this Beaumain rode with that lady until evensong time, and ever she chid him, and would not rest. And they came to a black land, and there was a black hawthorn, and thereon hung a black banner, and on the other side there hung a black shield, and by it stood a black spear, great and long, and a great black horse covered with silk, and a black stone fast by. End of chapter 1 through 6 of Book 7